Geniuses. My name is Jessica Lopez Hermanton, and I am the creator and founder of OT Genius. And you're listening to Pre OT Secrets. On this show, we talk about how to get into occupational therapy school, how to do it in the most financially savvy way. And we also dive into the stories of pre OTs, current OT professionals, and students to learn how they got in and what their experiences were like. And so we're here to inspire, motivate, and encourage you throughout your OT journey and show you how you can be a successful OT school applicant and become the OT that you want to be. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to another Pre-OT Secrets episode. So we have Amber back. If you have not listened to part one, please go back and do so. That seriously was just such a great episode and such a fun episode. You know, we learned about her bachelor's to master's experience and how that worked. And we learned about the role that fitness played in her life. And so go and hear it out. And the really cool part too, is that you'll see too, that Amber and I, we're going to be collaborating to do a fitness class because that's one of her passions. So tune in more to this episode to learn more, but I wanted to bring Amber back on because because one thing that is very unique to her is also the fact that she has a kettlebell certification. And so Amber, welcome back. Hi. Hey. (laughs) Why don't you tell us, you know, maybe there's people that really don't even know what a kettlebell certification even is or how they can even get that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your kettlebell journey and getting that certification? How was that like for you? Yeah, of course. So I got into kettlebells about a year ago, around like, let's say March, 2021. And um, I've, swung bells before but obviously not as um well or efficient as I do now and I took one virtual kettlebell class and I was like okay I think I need more I feel like I need like an in-person type of um experience or obviously what I'm doing is not correct and I need to learn this if this is something I am you know seeing a future in because if you guys listened to the previous episode I kind of talked about how I did track. I did track for over 10 years. That was my love. It's still my love. I have a huge passion for the sport. And when I graduated from Ithaca College and stopped doing track and field, I kind of lost my identity in terms of mm-hmm. like what fitness looks like. And fitness for me, for most of my life was track, was hurdling, was sprinting. That was how I trained. That's how I worked out. And Now being a new OT practitioner, I had to kind of rediscover what fitness was again. Like, I know I wasn't going to train as hard as I did before. I wasn't going to be competing like that anymore. I'm like, what? How can I make fitness fun for me again? And that's how I discovered kettlebells. I started participating in kettlebell classes weekly during the summer. And from there, it just became a passion that was so close to track and field. I learned so much new things with the bell every single time I had my hand 
Annabelle. It was just so much fun. The community in the kettlebell, just in kettlebells in general, is just so supportive and welcoming. They want you to learn more. They learn so much from you and vice versa. So the more I started getting better, I just heard people talking about like a kettlebell certification. I'm like, wait, that's a thing? You know, like there's something out there where you can get certified for kettlebells. It's like, yeah, it's so there's two different um, kettlebell certifications out there. Well, the most popular ones are the Russian kettlebell certification, which is mm-hmm. RKC. That's the one I have. And then they have a strong first certification too. And those two kettlebell certifications are hard style training in kettlebells because there are certain there's specific styles of kettlebell training. You can do hard style, you can do sports, there's juggling. So people like are flipping kettlebells and, you know, flipping over their heads and all this other fun stuff. So there's different styles of kettlebells, which I love about, but I personally love hard style training. So I asked one of my friends who was already certified at that time for about a year. And I asked her, I'm like, yo, there's a certification exam in January. It was about October at this time. And I'm like, do I have enough time for this thing? Because it looks very vigorous. It's basically like a physical examination. So there's no written exam. You're not like getting tested on it per se, but they are testing you on your coaching. They're testing you on how you can coach someone that has never touched the bell before, how to do a swing, how to do a clean, how to press, how to squat with the bell. And there is a vigorous part of the exam where you have to snatch your testing bell a hundred times in under five minutes. Now, my testing bell was 35 pounds. When wow. I, yeah, so when I purchased a 35 bell because I needed to have it to, you know, practice, I told the girl that I that trained me, her name's Amber, by the way, funny thing. <laughs> I told her there's no way I'm going to be snatching this bell a hundred times over my head. This thing is heavy. <laughs> like how, like I tried to do it by myself and I barely got to 20 and I was out of breath. So I was just like, I was second guessing myself. Should I really do this exam or this certification? Yeah. But with training and it's more like a mental thing. And I think that's mm-hmm. why I love the process so much because <laughs> you are literally pushing yourself like your biggest competition is yourself in that exam regardless of how many people are taking the certification with you they are testing you on yourself like you're testing yourself of how you can do these different kettlebell foundational movements the best way you can and how can you coach somebody to do the same and it's like it's so much fun I don't know it's just like it's so That's invigorating so cool. and like exhilarating of like going through that two day course of like everything about bells and learning so much from people that have worked with the bells for 10, 20 years. And I'm just like, this is a thing. And I'm just getting started. You know, that so- is so cool. And guys, so Amber she doesn't just do this also for fun. She is incorporating it in her way of helping people as an occupational therapist engage in the occupation of sport. And I want you to just also realize that there's so many different certifications that you can get as an OT that is even beyond your wildest dreams. I am sure that if like, I'm going to just take a wild guess here. If I were to have told you know, if you were to have talked to Amber 
back in when she was getting her bachelor's and, you know, in occupational therapy or occupational science. And you tell her, you know what? You could get a certification in kettlebell. (laughs) What would you have thought? I'm like, what? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Where did you get this from? (laughs) Right. Where did you get this from? But there's so many different types of things that you can do as an occupational therapist. And remember, the focus of occupational therapy is also to do things that are meaningful. And there are people out there that like it could be anything. Right. You can. It doesn't even have to be sport related, right? You can do things with people with disabilities in photography. In this case, kettlebell. Like what? Like I'm just like going off the cuff here, but she has a business. She could do a very modified or adaptive class for people with disabilities of some sort, you know, because she has that background training as an occupational therapist. And then if she does that, that is what are, you know, the people going to think for themselves if they have a disability and they're doing these amazing exercises, they're going to have the confidence. They're going to think like, wow, I didn't think I could do that, but I pushed through it, you know, given that, you know, they have the executive functioning and stuff like that, but, you know, but it's meaningful, you know, and, and if kettlebell swinging is something that is meaningful to the individual, there's no reason why you can't do that as an occupational therapist. There's no reason why you can't do even a yoga certification as an occupational therapist. Like there's so many different things that you can do to help people do what is meaningful to them. And it starts with getting to know yourself and following your passions, which is what led Amber to even start a business to in kettlebell because it's meaningful to her and she's going to find her people. You know what I mean? People that find the meaning in that too. So she's had community and there's no reason why she can't incorporate the the two. So we'll just a few more minutes. This episode is going to be a little bit shorter just because I want to respect Amber's time here. But yeah. So Amber, why don't you tell us a little bit about your kettlebell business and how that's going? Yeah. So It's basically the name of my Instagram page, the Stick and Fit LLC. And it's just a way to combine, you know, fitness with OT because without OT, you can't think about fitness and vice versa. In OT school, you learn about the anatomy, you learn about kinesiology, biomechanics, all these like proper ways that people should move their bodies. And Mm -hmm. it goes straight to fitness. So with the kettlebell, I honestly feel like it's the best modality that everyone, everyone can participate in. It does not matter how young you are or how old you are. Anyone can learn how to use the kettlebell. And I think it's so beautiful how the kettlebell works in terms of improving your strength, but empowering you in such a quick way. I have adults that are in their 50s and older that are picking up bells that are getting stronger, that have no back problems, have no back pain because they are using the bell in a way that is helping them go about their day-to-day occupations. Just, I did a reel actually a while back about like, how does the kettlebell work with functional movements that we do on a day-to-day basis. And like you can do kettlebell carries, which are similar to carrying grocery bags from your car to the house or picking up things from the cat from the counter overhead. That's just like a kettlebell press by itself. Mm-hmm. Goblet squats wow. with the kettlebell sitting on the toilet seat. Amazing. Like or sitting on a chair. Like these are functional movements that we don't think about 
But when we really dive down and do activity analysis, which we all learn in OT school, breaking down the task and seeing what is our body doing, what muscles are activated or engaged in that movement, you can easily apply it to kettlebells. So yeah. I feel that like people have to, one, be open-minded about what we do. And I love like how, like with my business, I'm able to educate people on what kettlebell training is all about and really teach them that like, you're not too young to learn about the kettlebell. Like right now I'm affiliated as a contractor for school where I'm teaching kids from kindergarten to fifth grade. How wow. to kettlebell. That's and, so cool. Yeah. So like, and we have a kettlebell. I never, it's a, we only have one little kettlebell. It's a three pounder. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we have a little three pound kettlebell where over at my pediatric clinic where I work and I have like, you know, funny enough, I'm like, man, like I could do something with this, but I didn't really, I was trying like, to think of how to really incorporate it. But it's, I mean, I found it difficult even for some kiddos though. So like, yeah, like if you are incorporating it with kids, kudos to you. I have kids that they'll like put the three pound thing weight or they don't grip it correctly. And you're like, okay. And then I have to think as an occupational therapist, okay, well, how can I get them to maybe modify the activity? I The, the most that I've done with the kettlebell at, at my clinic is I've had kiddos like hold the, the bell, the three pounder, and then just yeah. squat up and down, yeah. you know, as part of an exercise to, to work on their lower extremity strengthening and core strengthening even. And uh, yeah. cause all that is even related to, to, to handwriting guys yeah like you need good core strength shoulder stability in order to write more appropriately so you need to address those underlying issues and kettlebell can do all of those things so i hope that this just shows you the variety of different things that you can do and that how you can combine your passion with occupational therapy I think Amber has done a great job of just doing that. So that's why I wanted to have her on. But Amber, any last words of wisdoms for maybe students who are trying to get into occupational therapy school? At the end of the day, this is a show for pre-occupational therapy students. And I always love asking that question because believe it or not, people have different advice and different ways of thinking and viewing the application process. And I don't want to pretend that I know it all. So any advice that you want to give students as they go through their pre-OT journey or even the application in general? Yeah, my advice for any of those students out there is like, don't give up, you know, like a denial or like a rejection does not mean like it's the end all be all. Okay, like Mm -hmm. I got into an OT program and when I had to take my board exam, I had to take it four times. All right. Four times. And every single time I wanted to quit, but I didn't. I had to keep on pushing. A no does not mean it's a denial. It's just a delay. It's just a delay. And I like that. Yeah. Like it's literally just a delay. It's not a denial. Do not think that your journey is going to be a straight and narrow pathway because it's not. It's going to be just a beautiful journey for you to tell others, to encourage them to keep on pushing. And yeah, that's it. (laughs) I think that there's, there's a lot of wisdom in what you said, because sometimes we get caught up in the maybe getting rejected or getting waitlisted. And I myself had to postpone. I didn't get rejected, but I knew that I could like 
I, I would, they said you could apply as long as you have three out of these four prerequisites. Hmm. And, yeah. Right. And I'm already thinking to myself, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to apply with that standard. I'm going to have all of those prerequisites. Right. All four. Why am I going to apply with only having three? Right, why settle? Yeah. I'm like, I want to give my best foot forward. And so I knew that based on missing prerequisites, not having as many hours as I knew I could, not having the GRE score that I, that, that was suitable enough to be competitive. Like, I'm like, I, I'm not going to apply. I had to delay or postpone my application. And I was upset about that, but it worked out. You know, it was exactly that, just a delay, you know, and then I really do believe just based on what I know from the previous class that graduated before me, I know that I would have not gotten accepted. And then I would have needed to that, you know, I would have had to dealt with that denial. But because I told myself, just wait, it doesn't mean that you anything's wrong with you. You just got to wait, do things the right way things are going to work out. And I just waited and I did what I had to do. I got a job as a rehab tech because I waited, which made me more competitive. And so I don't see anything wrong with getting a rejection or postponing when you apply, you know, to get your ducks in a row. So um, thank you so much for that piece of advice. And thank you again for being on here, Amber. Um, I'm sure that this has added a lot of value to our listeners. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Jessica, for inviting me. This was fun. (laughs) Likewise, it was a blast. (laughs) Have a good one, everyone. See you later. Thank you so much for joining me and taking time out of your day to listen. We hope that this has been of value to you and will get you one step closer towards becoming the OT that you want to be. One of the biggest problems I see is that pre-OTs, they try to do things alone. They do things in isolation and the connections that they have are minimal for many reasons. But we are changing that here at OT Genius and focusing instead on building a community for pre-OTs for them to have their first OT family and meet other pre-OTs current OT students and clinicians. To be a part of that awesome community, you can subscribe to our membership by going to otgenius.com. Just go to the tab, get me into OT school on the homepage, and you can join our awesome community there. You can also find our social medias and ways to get in touch with us on the website. So thank you again and see you in the next one.